1: Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love.
0: This This is another Dolphins Podcast. podcast. Here's your
1: host, Jake Mendel and
0: Josh Houts.
1: Man, it's so hard to kind of embrace this game. It was a four o'clock game. Right before that, I was watching the Saints and the Titans. The biggest difference as someone who watched Tannehill for years Not once did Tua look scared. Not once did he ever have that deer in the headlights look. And I think, man, that's not something you can quantify or it's not on the stat sheet. But can you think of a time Tua has ever, like, felt scared? Maybe the Titans game, maybe sometime in Buffalo under the Flores. But, I mean, it just seems like every play, third and 15, he completes it. Third and 10 late in the game, he completes it. This dude is as cold as ice.
0: Yeah, exactly. As ice in his veins. I tweeted it out earlier today. I think um, there was that J.C. Jackson interception and then the very next drive, very first play, he hit Tyree Kill for a 35-yard touchdown. Um, Shout-out to Caterco, who had that German suplex sack at the goal line that forced that punt. Um, and then I think he bobbled a snap, and then at third and 15 – Dime he threw to Braxton Barrios, right? I mean, on the run, eluding pressure. I mean, we saw today why Tua Tonga is was, you know, why so many fan bases want to tank for Tua. He has the anticipation, man. He just makes plays, like you said, um, when his back's against the wall, and that's what separates him from some of these other guys. I mean, um, you see the Dolphins' Twitter account tweeting that he's him. You see all these people admitting that this guy is as good as advertised, and it's just. Um, so nice to be a Dolphins fan to sit here after the long wait, right? We all wanted to have our next Dan Marino and this looked like one of those Dan Marino games, right? Back then the defense, you know, struggled at times, but they had this high octane offense. They could just go out there and outscore everyone. And, uh, that's what we're seeing. And, uh, shout out to Tyree kill. I know we're going to talk about him, but again, back to Braxton Berrios real quick. I was a guy who thought maybe Robbie chosen would be that third receiver. Braxton Berrios stepped up big, right? Three of five, uh, caught three or five passes. And then the two of them were, I think we on third down. So clutch as hell man but shout out to Tua because he was just playing incredible
1: when we were I mean we had months to talk about this game Josh did it go as you thought it would because there there were two things we said the Dolphins should do they should run the football and they should attack outside the numbers and they did that the Tyreek touchdowns man they were doing that down the field outside of the numbers that is how you beat that Chargers defense however Tua throwing the ball 45 times compared to the Dolphins running the football 20 times Tua got credit for five carries in that too uh is that How big of a surprise is that to you, considering the entire offseason idea of we're going to run the football more, we have to run the football against the Chargers and these types of defenses because it's all, you know, our offense is figured out. What were your thoughts there?
0: Yeah, I wonder if he was just trying to trick us all, right? You know, trying to get us all to think that they were going to come out here and run the ball more. I mean, they were effective when they ran the ball, but there were times when you're sitting there just thinking, come on, man, like, we know you got Tyreek Kill, We know you got Jalen Waddle, but let's let's tone this down a little bit. You're having success um, running the football. So uh, we still got to see that to believe that, but um, we got to talk about the offensive line, right, Jake? I mean, that was something that I admittedly kind of laughed at Merrick when he mentioned Kendall Lamb, and Isaiah Wynn out there starting. I was like, oh, you feel okay, you know, with – Teron Armstead out, Kendall Lamb out there. I mean, zero sacks against Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. Um, Absolute monstrous performance. So shout out to them. Austin Jackson looked impressive. Um, And then Kendall Lamb again. Connor Williams, though, their worst.
1: Man. Austin Jackson was taking lunch money all day. Tua was not sacked once. But something to keep in mind here, Josh, because I don't think this is some overnight, all of a sudden, Kendall Lamb and Austin Jackson are studs. I definitely think they can both improve as players. I definitely think Austin Jackson, you consider he's, I think, 23 years old, a former first-round pick. That's actually someone you cannot give up. But I think what makes this even more impressive is it wasn't clean. They just they just made it work. At the end of the day, this Dolphins team, they knew they might have been a little uh had a little bit of a challenge up front with Joey Bosa and Cleo Mack, but Austin Jackson, man, he did enough to keep Tua clean. Kendallan did enough to keep Tua clean, and that's what's important. You can go back and watch that. Film, there's a lot of situations where the pocket collapsed and yet the Dolphins had a way to work around it. There were times where the Chargers blitzed, the offensive line was overwhelmed. The Dolphins knew how to work around it. And to me, that's almost as more impressive as this idea that, hey, We can make it work. You know, we aren't going to get just so dominated. It's not going to be one player that completely derails our entire operation here. And I think that's my favorite part. You could look at anyone on that line and, you know, except the one play Liam Eikenberg played, you're not really scared that this is the guy who can completely lose us this football game.
0: Yeah, I apologize ahead of time if I'm a scatterbrained at all. I have a sick kid. They're fighting. They're all three awake now. The cat's trying to climb up here. So it's just chaos. But I do think um, we got to tip our hat to Chris Greer, right? We know he lives to wear that hat, but he told us straight up, you know, you guys are worrying about the offensive line and even the tight end unit. Didn't you mention the tight ends as well? I mean, Durham Smythe looked pretty all right as a tight end. I joked that they had their George Kittle all along. I mean, he was kind of up and down, but um, I think he had three of five targets. I had that written down somewhere. Um, But, man, it was just an awesome – Overall, great performance. I mean, no, it did not go as I expected, Jake. I know you asked that question earlier. There's literally a cat playing with paper. Yo. Um. Yeah, I know you asked earlier how I – if this went as I thought, like in my wildest dreams, you know, like in my fantasy world, yeah, um, the perfect homer world, this is how the game would have went: A shootout with Justin Herbert, Tua Tungvaluwa, and Tua coming out on top. And um, we got to mention he's up for FedEx Air Player of the Week because I did a quick article on that. So, yeah, go vote for him. He's up like 90% or something.
1: Go uh go check that out on the fit as well. uh the passing attack, Josh. What really looked different to you because right away to me, man, um, we know this Mike McDaniel offense loves motion. It likes to make defenders guess. But what I realized or what I picked up on completely new this week was they were still using that motion, but instead of just uh running behind the offensive line and going to the other side of the field, they were just kind of switching where they were in terms of in line, going to the outside, just kind of bouncing things pretty quickly and It happens so fast. You think about the idea of someone running behind the offensive line. You kind of have a second, and you have an idea of where they're going. But if someone bubbles out like that, that's not a lot of time to react and figure out what's going on.
0: Yeah, I think – um I wish I had the at in front of him, but I think it was like Saeed Scheme did a breakdown, right? He showed last season the way they came across the formation in motion and how the Los Angeles Chargers, uh, Brandon Staley, how they would kind of shift the safeties to account for that. And then this week, like you mentioned, they lined up basically right behind the tackle, and they were just quickly motioning him out. And they kept running this dagger, and, I mean, it was just so successful. And Tyree Kill, man, this guy, he, he has to be the most dynamic player in football, right? I mean, it's just insane. I think I saw a stat where it's like – um tied 10 times in his career. He had over 150 yards and like two touchdowns or something. There's only 10. He's tied with like Jerry Rice and Randy Moss and all these great guys. I mean, this guy's a game changer and he had what 11 catches. I mean, dude, him and Tua can go to the moon if they keep this up. I mean, their chemistry is out of this world.
1: There was a little bit of blackjack dealing, too, though, because uh, there were, what, two players with two receptions, three with three, and then Jalen Waddell had four receptions on five targets. Selvan Ahmed, zero receptions on three targets is pretty interesting, but shout-out Alec Engold. Uh, There was a couple crossers where he even had a huge play. It's, it's great to see him back there healthy as well. Uh, but, Josh, I think it's really interesting to consider the fact last year you had Mike Kosicki and Trent Shurfield as you're like three and four, you're pseudo three and four. They combined for a hundred targets last year. That's one of our go-to back pocket stats that I'm never going to be able to forget. What's different from having those hundred targets go to Trent Shurfield and Mike Kosicki compared to River Craycraft and Braxton Barrios? What, what what do you see differently there?
0: I feel like they're, I mean, I don't want to say more consistent, but I feel like Mike Kosicki, you know, he didn't pick up the yak yards. You know, he, he was consistent in a in a sense but i feel like Braxton Barrios and uh River even River Craycraft you know they kind of bring a, a little bit of a dynamic and they can find of um you, you know find those open areas in these zone defenses and we see River Craycraft i mean this dude's going to be a touchdown machine right i mean it's just um everyone on offense was getting their hand i thought at one point we were going to see an Alec Engle touchdown it would have been the first one but you I and i that. both thought we'd get one and um unfortunately we did not but oh man if you're Mike McDaniel, could that have gone any better? I mean, besides the Connor Williams, you know, those mishaps there, I mean, a few of them look like it could have been on Tua, but besides Connor Williams, you know, maybe uneasy play offensively, that was a, that was a hell of a performance.
1: Yeah. And I couldn't agree more. And we're talking a lot about Connor Williams, rightfully so there, it's really easy for the center to make a play that just completely derails a game. Um, I'm not ready to ready to get, excuse me, too concerned about it just yet. Um, he came out and said he was a little first-game nerves. I'm willing to buy that. I mean, Josh, these guys are professional athletes. They're, they're, they're very smart people, too, as a, as talented as they are. I have little doubt that Connor Williams just sat out for an entire offseason or training camp, I should say, OTAs. He sat out for OTAs. My apologies. I have a hard time believing he sat out of OTAs wanting a new contract, and all of a sudden he sucks. I know there were a couple of rough snaps in the preseason, but I mean, all last year, he was solid. We don't need great from him. I think we're going to get fine throughout. I think there's a little overreaction week one, but I'm not super queasy about Connor Williams just yet.
0: Yeah, we got to, you know, give it a little bit of time, right? I mean, even the defense, we're going to sit here and talk about how bad that run defense looked. I think last year they were ranked fourth. I mean, they got absolutely gashed, but it was week one. And when you needed them to make a play, they they absolutely did. But back to Connor Williams, I do think it was kind of, just a, maybe an off night for him, and he wasn't terrible. It was just some of those bad snaps, you know, kind of get – emphasize a little bit but overall man that offensive line I'm not talking too much about Robert Hunt I don't know if I'm just overlooking him and he just used to him being that steady presence there but um Austin Jackson again uh, dude what a performance then Isaiah Wynn I think when we first signed him I think you mentioned him potentially playing left guard and the fact that he beat out Eichenberg who we all saw in the depth chart and wondered if he was going to be there um awesome stuff from the offensive line shout out Butch Berry right hell of a performance from him and then um, back to Connor Williams. Do, if he can't play a snap, do you do you have any confidence in Liam Eikenberg, uh, our good pal Nate, Nate? Yeah, I didn't think so either. Nathan Rice asked this on um, last me on Twitter, and I figured I'd say it for the show. But um, yeah, I have no no hope in Liam Eikenberg anywhere, to be honest.
1: I even went to Twitter. I, I asked people, what is the most surprising thing from the victory? And nearly everyone offensive line, offensive line. Um, this was a unit. This was a team that only I think it was six penalties for 38 yards. Uh, Josh, how do you feel about them getting the plays off? Because I think there were still a few times where it'd be like 3-2-1, but every time that clock was at 3 or 2 dialing down, Tua, the offense never looked panicked. It does feel like there is something, there's a part of this offense where that is kind of what they want to do. I understand last year it was a problem. Last year it was way too late, but I do feel like they're flirting with this idea that we want to use this play clock.
0: I mean, you can't really blame Mike McDaniel, right? Sometimes you play online against a guy that's cheesing a Madden or something, you take the lead, you're going to milk that thing down to the last minute. I mean, um, so, yeah, I mean, the way Mike McDaniel looks at this game, the way he's evolving, like we mentioned with the motion earlier, I think um, the, the man who posted on Twitter, I mean, he was sitting there saying how this was just a unique thing that it's going to be interesting to see the way defense is game plan for it, man. So, um, e- yeah, I think the way this thing went down was just – perfect offensively and i gotta throw out eric azukoma right I, I wanted to make sure i touched on him being our debo jokingly but they love giving him those you know end around uh play opportunities with his legs and he looks good every time he touches that football so maybe he needs to get some touches in that backfield maybe we don't need jonathan taylor we have we have debo azukoma
1: the the create the coolest thing i should say about watching those running plays to eric Azukoma unfold is Usually, when the Dolphins have in my entire life, my 20 years of uh, 29 years of Dolphins fandom, when they try to get cute like that, usually it's an absolute mess, usually it's a fumble, usually they, they lose a couple yards. Every time, man, he had a running lane, he had absolute daylight to work with, and that was just so impressive to me. Just the development of Mike McDaniel, where we have a coach that we can trust to do things that are a little ridiculous, but they work out. Josh, how long until it's like the Chiefs where they're doing a ring around the rosy, um, in the huddle and then running up to the line? Because, man. There's a lot of different things this team is doing and it's impressive to see the confidence they all have in each other, especially their head coach to make it successful.
0: 9:55 Sunday night. How's that? Is that, again? <laughs> they play Sunday night football against the, the Patriots this week, right? So 9:55 on Sunday night, they're going to break that out and do a little ring around the Rosie. Um, Christian Wilkins will probably even be in the backfield and he'll line up at like wide receiver and he will throw a fade or something crazy uh, in typical Mike McDaniel fashion. But um You know, you mentioned which was the most impressive with the offensive line. Um, Couldn't we look at it from a negative perspective and maybe say the defense and how poorly they played? The
1: Chargers defense, that is? I was talking about Miami's. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, and and that's something important to keep in mind, too. And it's week one. We don't want to overreact too, too much. Josh, I want to switch over to the defense in one second. One final thing, and just one more shout out to Mike McDaniel. The Dolphins got the ball back. With seven seconds left in the first half, how many, 99.9% of every coach of all time takes a knee and goes in. The Dolphins found a way to kick a field goal. Got a shot downfield. JC Jackson gave him a little bit of love. That was something I think we nailed to this idea that JC Jackson, it's this name from New England. Um, I don't even want to give him credit for the interception. There was some pass interference there. But back to that play, man, going down and getting those three points, the Dolphins won by two. Those things are so important. You're used to seeing teams go into the locker room with the tail between their legs. But this team, man, they just know what to do. You're not seeing some really poor choices. And I think that's important. Week 1 to Week 17 is just sound, right decisions.
0: Yeah, I think that's kind of what, again, Mike McDaniel brings to uh, this team. You know, that outside look, you have a different perspective. I mean, he called a timeout, right, to force them to kick a field goal with 14 seconds left. Got downfield that jc jackson no one knows what he was thinking i mean there was no chance that ball was going to they were going to find him a way in you. the end zone and he mugged it. he mugged him absolutely so um thank you jc jackson i mean i think he was one of those that was talking bad about Tua. um one of those times when the dolphins beat new england right there's some quote out there about how he's just you know a check down merchant or something like that but um dude again this offense mike McDaniel, everything they got building it's giving me confidence i mean you got like a top they were top six last year and they're looking like juggernauts already i mean come on man